Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. On this episode of Narcissist Apocalypse Q&A, we talk about the triangulation tactics of Lundy Bancroft's abuser types. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse Q&A, everyone. I am Brandon Chadwick, and today we are going to be discussing triangulation. Triangulation specifically when it comes to the abuser types from Lundy Bancroft's book, Why Does He Do That? And we're also going to discuss triangulation when it comes to parent-child and parent-parent-child as well. But before we get to that, if you want to be a guest on our Survivor Story episodes, please do go to our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com. Top of the page, there's a button that says Guest Form. When you click on that button, it takes you to our Guest Form page. There you can read all of our instructions and either send us an email at NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com or fill out our Guest Form and press the Submit button. And please do send it in the format that we ask for. So today we are going to talk about triangulation. So what is triangulation? Triangulation refers to a subtle or direct manipulation tactic by creating and maintaining conflicts where one person, the triangulator, typically orchestrates this manipulation. Their goal is to avoid direct interactions by pitting two people against one another. And this is what is considered to be the standard version of triangulation when it comes to an abusive relationship. But to me, and this is just me, I am no therapist, I am no PhD in psychology, triangulation isn't just pitting people against each other. And in my mind, the triangle doesn't have to include a third person. It can be an object, it can be an organization, it can be people that are not alive anymore, it can even be God, if you are a believer in God. Uh, The Bible is something that can be used as a triangulation tactic. So in my mind, as long as someone or something can complete that triangle, in my mind, that is triangulation. Typically, there is limited communication or no communication between the two triangulated parties, except through the person doing the manipulating the triangulator. However, there are exceptions to this rule, especially if the triangulator needs someone else to do some extra convincing. So think about in the aftermath, or if you've split up from the abuser in these situations, hoovering is a great example of that because sometimes they can get another person to do their bidding for them, uh, such as a family member or a friend saying, hey, you know, I think this is a good person. You should get back 
to, to them and they might state the reasons why. But usually this is a very divide and conquer strategy, the triangulation, which pits people or things against one another. So triangulation can show up in all types of relationships, not just romantic relationships. This can be with friends, family members, uh, co-workers, and parents and kids, and we're going to get to that at the end. However, most of the episode today will revolve around the Lundy Bancroft abuser types, and I'm going to do my best to show how each abuser type uses triangulation uh, to their benefit, the reasons why, the emotions that are involved. And there are crossovers for a lot of these, but today we're going to try and figure out what is the dominant abuser type that would use this type of triangulation. So we hear a lot on our show about the three phases of abuse or narcissistic abuse specifically. We hear the the love bombing stage, the trust building stage, and that's the idealization stage. And then stage two becomes the devaluation stage. And then stage three is the discard phase or you break up with them part of the phase. And when it comes to triangulation, a lot of people don't think about the initial phase, the idealization phase, or maybe the love bombing phase. But triangulation can start off here in so many ways. And, you know, a lot of the times we hear about crazy exes, how their family might have wronged them, how others have wronged them. We're going to get to the victim player eventually, but all of this right now is victim playing. They're trying to create empathy here. And, you know, they are putting these things in here at the beginning. And this triangulation is... They're discussing these exes. They're discussing these family members. They're triangulating against them and you. So you're thinking that they have been wronged in so many ways. You feel empathy for them. They're trying to create this trust and this sympathy for you know, you to connect with them and to like them. And some people, depending on their psychology, they're fixers. They see a diamond in the rough and it's a ploy for many of these abusers and you get sucked into it. And that's a triangulation phase where you don't really see it as triangulation, but it's happening in that initial phase. But also here they are laying groundwork and they're laying groundwork in the sense of, Eventually, and we'll get more to it in depth when it comes to uh, the victim player specifically, is that they can then say, oh, you're like the rest of them. And they can really get you that way. And that's a triangulation that can happen where they lay the groundwork early only to come back to it later. And another thing that happens in, in this phase as well, you know, sometimes you become a flying monkey in this initial stage. You don't realize that you are becoming a flying monkey in this stage, that you're believing what they're saying so much that you might even go out and harass the person that they say abuse them. So you're being used as a triangulation tool against somebody else. So unbeknownst to you in these initial stages when things are going really good and you don't see this as triangulation, you are being used as a tool in a lot of cases against somebody else, against a crazy ex, maybe against a family member or or some other person or organization possibly that might have wronged them. And since you're on your their side at that point, the abuser is using you as a tool in a triangulation somewhere else, but you're still part of that triangle. 
So now we are going to go through all of the Lundy Bancroft abuser types in the book, Why Does He Do That? So the first one we have on our list is the demand man. And the demand man expects their partner's life to revolve around their needs. And the partner of the demand man comes to feel that nothing they do is ever good enough. And the demand man is a rager. But sometimes the demand man can use triangulation if the rage isn't working and they really want to reinforce things, specifically how ungrateful you are. And they work really hard to convince others how ungrateful that you might be. So they might say to someone, they might exaggerate or overvalue all the contributions to the home. And, you know, they might just really play up to all these things that aren't really happening. And that person might reinforce to them that you are being ungrateful. And then they're going to pass on that message that so-and-so, Mr. Smith over here, uh, you know, says that you, he thinks that you're ungrateful too. So they're really trying to um, really hark on that ungrateful point. Guilt becomes a big thing here when it comes to the demand man because they're trying to guilt you at that point by getting that triangulation reinforcement to, you know, to instill guilt in you to then actually take care of their responsibilities because they do not like taking care of their own responsibilities. And you know, if they're unhappy about any aspect of their life, whether it has to do with their relationship or not, it is your fault. So they're doing everything in their power using this triangulation and guilt to take care of all of the responsibilities, take care of everything, because really in their mind, they really believe that you are lucky to have them and they just really don't want to take any responsibility for anything. Next up on the list is Mr. Wright. And Mr. Wright is someone who wants you to be in awe of their intelligence. They want to be looked up at intellectually. They think they know better than you do and even what is good for you. And when you disagree with them, they feel that that is a mistreatment of them. And they use triangulation to reinforce their sense of being right or superior So with their triangulation, if they're using someone that you might know, uh, they might say, Mr. Smith, like, believes that I am right and that you are wrong. And Mr. Smith has his rocket engineering degree. They will really try to use smart people or people that you think are smart or educated as part of that triangulation. Because if they can say that this person that they have discussed this with is someone who is, you know, smarter than your average bear or someone you respect in, in that manner. It it gives this superiority that this person sides with me, sides with the abuser, and they're trying to make you feel dumb and incompetent so that you can continue listening to them. You know, they really want to be your truth teller that everything that is coming out of their mouths is the truth. So being able to triangulate specifically with someone who is, you know, someone that you respect or someone that if you know them or don't know them, it's an interesting way for them to kind of put you lower than them. And they get that superiority feeling that they that they want to get. And then they can also continue to 
tell you what to do to to run your life and it becomes harder to disagree with them the longer this goes on because eventually you do start feeling incompetent you do start feeling dumb and it really erodes at your uh, self-esteem and your confidence and well self everything at this point so up next on Lundy Bancroft's list is the water torturer. And the water torturer is a really interesting one because the water torturer doesn't like to raise their voice. And it's one of those frog in the boiling pot types of abuse where you don't really know that abuse could be going on with the water torturer. And it's subtle and it's just kind of happening and you don't realize it's happening until it's too late. And a big central attitude of the water torturer is that they are trying to reinforce that the victim is crazy and that the victim is the one that flies off the handle over nothing. And a central attitude is I can easily convince other people that you're the one who is messed up. So when it comes to a water torturer, a water torturer can do this type of triangulation in front of people. Uh, They can be very good at kind of keeping calm in a situation and being able to do a subtle abuse that no one else is recognizing. Only you might be recognizing, but someone else is there. And then you're the one that might fly off the handle. And now that is now reinforced possibly here to the other person who sees you fly off the handle. They might be saying something to them in the background before the conversation began. They might be talking about it when you're not even around at all, but now it's being reinforced in front of them. So they're getting now a picture in this triangle that you are the one who is actually flying off the handle and what they think is nothing. You know it is something, but a triangle here has been formed. They're trying to get you to react in front of someone else. They're trying to get your blood boiling. So this can have many effects, this one with the water torture and this triangulation. Obviously, it can be humiliating that this is going on and it starts to make you feel less than when that is happening because it's happening in front of other people. For a lot of people who are going through the abuse with the water torture, They're very confused already about what is going on. So many people who are dealing with the water torture, they feel that they could be the abuser already because they're the one that is reacting while your partner, the abuser, is actually staying calm. So when it happens in front of other people, this can really reinforce a lot of these uh, beliefs that you might be the abuser. Uh, It can really sow a lot of seeds of of doubt in you about who you are as a person when it happens in front of someone else, when you are being triangulated with someone else there in person. So it's reinforcing, you know, these fears that you are this thing. And when it comes to a smear campaign and when it comes to uh, after the fact, after you broke up, a lot of these things are in place already. And when it comes to you know, character assassination in the aftermath of everything, this type of triangulation early on can only contribute to the smear campaign when it's over that you were the crazy one in this relationship, that you might be the abuser in this relationship. 
And this is how a water torturer can use triangulation in a few different ways to evoke a bunch uh, uh, of different things, you know, humiliation, confusion, sowing the seeds of doubt, and convincing other people that you are the problem. And that is also crazy making at the same time. So up next, we have the drill sergeant. And the central attitudes of the drill sergeant are, I need to control your every move or you will do it wrong. I know the exact way that everything should be done. Uh, You shouldn't have anyone else or anything else in your life besides me. I'm going to watch you like a hawk to keep you from developing strength or independence. And that they love you more than anyone in the world, but you disgust me. That is the central attitude of the drill sergeant. And I think this is a good spot to discuss triangulation and isolation. And it's one of the many abuser types that a triangulation with isolation could go in, but I slotted it right here. And I did the same thing here with uh, religious structures uh, coming into play here as well, as I thought this was also one of the better places uh, to discuss that, and we will get to religious structures in one second. But with triangulation and isolation, an abuser may be telling you negative things about other people, like your friends or your relatives, to help separate you from them. They might say that they are gossipy, that they are bad friends. I see how they treat you. They don't treat you well. Sometimes they will go to others, your friends, your family, and tell them false negative things that you are saying about them in the hopes that you don't say anything and that you start to do this slow separation process from them, which starts to isolate you. And the, the, the thing here is that they want you to be alone, no contact with anyone. They want you to be as lonely as possible. And that's why they do this isolation triangulation. And when it comes to religious structures, in this case, a drill sergeant doesn't want you to have independence. And they can use a God, but scriptures to control their partner. Guilt and fear are feelings that can be attached to this, but also love can be attached to this as well. They might say that this is what love is according to this religious scripture, like obeying your husband. That is what love is. So it's a mix of a lot of feelings in this type of triangulation, and it's very confusing. And, And this is a case where I believe that a triangulation can happen with a, you know, a God, which is technically not a human being, but also this a book, whether it be a Bible or a Torah or another religious a book, that it can be done with that as well. And then another triangulation that can happen under the drill sergeant can come in the form of triangulation when someone is critiquing you to control you because the drill sergeant really wants to control you. So they might say that someone said that you look terrible in this outfit and they can play on body issues to control your food, your image. Shame is used here. That feeling of shame is used here. And it can really be used as a way to erode your sense of self, of who you are. If you start believing this triangulation and if you start believing that triangulation all of a sudden, the abuser in this situation is able to get more control, 
uh, over all aspects uh, of your life. And up next, we have Mr. Sensitive. So the central attitudes of Mr. Sensitive are that they're against macho men. And if I'm not a macho man, I can't be abusive. Uh, They use a lot of psychology talk. And when they use a lot of psychology talk, their thought process is no one is going to believe that I am mistreating you because of the way I talk with the jargon that I have. And that they believe that they can control you by analyzing how your mind and emotions work and what your issues are from childhood. They believe that they can get inside your head, whether you want them there or not. And a Mr. Sensitive to them, nothing is more important in the world than their feelings. So everything here has to be catered around their feelings. And with a Mr. Sensitive, a triangulation here doesn't have to happen with another person, and it can happen with an organization. When it comes to this situation and triangulation, if you, let's say, make a mistake, you might say something that could be a little bit insensitive, and you give an apology, let's say, and it's a real sincere apology, they might not accept that apology at all. Like They want more than that apology. That's a big thing with someone who is a Mr. Sensitive because their feelings are more important than anything. So with them, what might happen is they can then triangulate you with, you know, when I went to this retreat, when I went to this workshop, when I took this 12-step program, here we learned this. This is what you did here. And this is how you have to react to this. This is what this organization says in order to actually be a really good apology. And people who don't do that are actually the abusers in the case if they don't go to this level. So they're using these organizations and the psychology behind them and the things that they learned there as this kind of authority to then get you to grovel even further than you have to because their feelings have been hurt. So it sounds like they really know what they're talking about and that they can be this like authority on this subject and it becomes you know, their feelings have been hurt so badly that they use that triangulation to not just get an apology from you, but they'll take it to another level uh, of it and, you know, really accuse you of being the uh, abuser. That's the big twist right there and how cruel you might be toward them and that they deserve more than a heartfelt apology. They deserve more than an I'm sorry. So now you're really deep in this hole doing everything to make up for it. And they use that triangulation, using those organizations as a way to convince you that you need to do this. And it really digs you into a hole. It makes you feel guilty Uh, It makes you feel terrible about yourself that you might have done this to somebody else. And because with all of this jargon that they learn, where they back it up with these organizations as these verified places as a triangulation, you then go over the top to get back on their good side. You are placating their very fragile feelings. You don't see them 
as abusers, but as the sensitive person who knows themselves and psychology, that they're not this brute, they're not this abuser, they're not a brute, but they're the sensitive person who knows psychology and themselves. And you've been gaslit in a very big way. And because of this, and because of this triangulation with these organizations and this jargon that they learn from these organizations, it really puts you into a spot of, you know, uh, guilt and empathy and, you know, really placating to the other person's feelings. And up next is the player, and we hear the player the most when it comes to infidelity. All of the abuser types have the ability to uh, be cheaters, but the player is the biggest one, and one of the central attitudes that drives the player is that it's not my fault that women find me uh, irresistible. You know, that could be a big kind of excuse for things later on. So with the player... A lot of stuff that happens here is your relationship might start off like really hot and heavy. There's a lot of attention going on and eventually that starts to wane. And, you know, jealousy becomes a big thing, creating competition with a player. You might know that there are other women around. So they're trying to create this jealousy. They're trying to create a competition possibly That way you stop looking at the cheating that is going on. So, you know, them creating this competition is a triangulation. You knowing that these other people are exist is a triangulation. That they're flirting with other women in front of you becomes a big thing. Jealousy is in there. You're on uneven ground as a whole. And as we stated before, one of the things an abuser likes is to just kind of see you twist in the wind. It's about the power and control. And just seeing you on uneven ground, that gives them, you know, this you know, the feeling of power, the feeling of control that they're, that they're making you feel this way, that you ha- they have you in this spot. A lot of uh, victims, when it comes to this type of behavior, this type of triangulation, I mean, when you think of the show like The Bachelor or The Bachelorette or any one of those types of shows, I mean, it's just triangulation all over the place. No one's on even ground. You don't even know if you like the person and they're just kind of creating this sense of competition through that triangulation. And when it comes to the player, you know, the player might tell every one of the people in this situation lies. So, The person that they're dating on the other side of you, they're telling you lies about them and how horrible they are and all those things. Just like how we mentioned at the beginning of this episode when it comes to the fact that you might be a flying monkey and you don't even know it. When it comes to the player, you're going to have flying monkeys all over the place. You you, You might be simultaneously... Um, used in a triangulation while also being the victim at the exact same time. That is the power of the player and, and what they do. They're trying to give you the sense that you might be better than them. And they might give that other person the sense that they are better than you. So they're creating that competition of like, you're winning. The other person's worse than you. You're the one that's winning. And they're kind of keeping you in this triangulation loop. 
So another one on our list here is the Rambo, and that is on the abuser types of Lundy Bancroft. And the central attitudes that drive the Rambo are that there is strength and aggressiveness. That is good. Compassion and conflict resolution are bad. And with a Rambo, you know, femaleness and femininity is seen as inferior and women are here to serve men and be protected by them. So there's this very patriarchal thought process going on here with the Rambo. So when it comes to triangulation, the people that they're going to triangulate with are people in their community who might have the exact same values. So their friends might have the exact same values as them. The community that they're in might have the exact same values. The religious group that they could be a part of has these patriarchal patriarchal values. And with a Rambo, it's just not putting you lower or, or less than when it comes to the patriarchy of everything and how they'll triangulate to reinforce that patriarchy. With a Rambo, they feel that men should never hit women because it is unmanly to do so. But there are exceptions in their minds. You know, if someone's behavior is bad enough, a man must keep that woman in line and physical abuse can happen. So with the Rambo, it's not just an erosion of identity that is going on. It is reinforcing to you that this is what you deserve. And these other organizations and people backing this up makes you really believe that this is what you deserve when you don't deserve this type of treatment at all. You don't deserve to be below anyone. You deserve equal rights and you do not deserve to be hit. That is just not something that anyone uh, deserves. And when it comes to the Rambo, this is the type of triangulation uh, that's being used to make you to make you believe these things. And up next on the abuser type list when it comes to triangulation is the victim. And we discussed the victim early on in this episode when it came to the love bombing aspect of things, how they can lay groundwork, you know, for late, to, to use later when they need to use it later, when they play the victim early on about an ex or for their family member or co-worker, something along those lines. But the central attitudes, before we continue, the central attitudes of a victim are everybody has done me wrong, especially the women. Uh, when you accuse me of being abusive, you are joining the parade of people who have been cruel and unfair to me. It proves to me that you're just like the rest. And I've had it so hard that I am not responsible for my actions. Those are the central attitudes of the victim. So with the victim, you might hear, you don't understand me. You don't appreciate me. You hold my mistakes over my head. You're just like the rest of them. So right there, they do that triangulation. They set it up early on that other people have been these uh, abusers that have done them wrong. And now later on in the relationship, when they're not getting their way, they start playing the victim to you and then pull the triangulation of you're just like the rest of them. And that pulls on your guilt right there. That pulls on your empathy, that pulls on your heartstrings, it makes you feel terrible. You might feel shame as well here, that you're just like them, oh, what have I done here to make this person feel this way? So they've triangulated you against this thing that most likely does not exist when it comes to the exes, 
Maybe it does exist when it came to the family, but that really doesn't matter. They're using it in this very evil way in this triangulation, and they're hoping in this situation that they get the get what they want by making you feel this way through this type of triangulation. And it's not just getting their way that they might do this. You might be actually trying to leave a relationship and they're going to pull that, you know, you're just like the rest of them card and that makes you stay in a relationship. And the biggest type of victimhood happens in smearing. We've heard a lot of that already uh, in this podcast episode. They might be smearing your name when it's the player. They might be playing the victim to one person and then playing the victim to you. And when it comes to smear campaigns after the fact, they might have been smearing your name and triangulating you uh, to other people. Uh, We've done an episode where uh, someone moved to a small town and the abuser was triangulating the townspeople against this person, the, uh, the abuse victim. This person had no idea. So when she was going for help to the outside community, the person had already triangulated against her. The, the abuser had already told all these people horrible things uh, about her and that uh, she was abusing him. So now the townspeople already had their belief about her and, and stayed away. So that's a form of triangulation uh, of victim playing, and it is uh, used very, very, very often. So last one on our list is the terrorist. And with the terrorist, the central attitudes are, you have no right to defy me or leave me. Your life is in my hands. I would rather die than accept your right to independence. That's the really big thing here. They don't want you to be independent at all. So all the elements of isolation and the triangulation that we mentioned earlier comes underneath the terrorist. And an interesting one, with the terrorist, I think can be with inanimate objects, specifically a gun. So the gun can be used as triangulation and the uh, actual abuser does not have to be around. They can just leave a gun somewhere lying in the home and you just walking by it and seeing it is a triangulation in my opinion. You understand the threat that is going to happen. That gun is saying what it needs to say and it is there to create fear. And that fear keeps you in the home. You are scared for your life. So there are these things like that that are very subtle but it is a triangulation that is going on. It just doesn't happen to be with a person or a community or an, or, or an organization. It is actually done with an actual uh, weapon, which is a gun. And this can also be done with a big knife or, or things along those lines. And then, you know, I've mentioned all of the abuser types. Sometimes when the relationship is over... We hear a lot in narcissistic abuse about hoovering, and I mentioned that earlier when we started off with the love bombing and the idealization. Uh, Right here, after a relationship is over or they're trying to get you back, triangulation can happen here in the hoovering process, and a lot of the time they will try to get uh, family members or friends to really... They're just trying to reinforce to them how good of a person that they are for you. And then they're going to try and get that 
other person to do the job to kind of come in and say, this person really loves you. We think they're great for you. You know, they've done a really good job probably at the beginning to come off of this very charismatic character. They don't really see what's going on, the true full picture of what is actually happening. And someone else could be family, friends, coworkers, who knows who it could be that they've gotten in touch with to try and convince you to get back into this relationship. Sometimes it's successful and sometimes it's not. But at the end stage of the hoovering aspect of things, this is another way that triangulation can play out. So earlier I mentioned that we were going to also discuss triangulation when it comes to parents and children. And when it comes to the abusive parent, the narcissistic abusive parent, uh, they will often use their children in triangulation when their partner pulls away or disengages from the relationship or altogether leaves the relationship. And the abusive parent works to buy the child's love in order to make the other parent look or feel bad, and to try and force the other parent to revert to doing things in the way that that abusive parent thinks they should be doing. And triangulation between a parent and a child might look like this. They might offer treats uh, that the other parent doesn't allow. They might convince the child that they got divorced because it was the other parent's fault. Uh, they might ignore the other parent's reasonable rules and limits, and then they might set unreasonable rules and limits themselves. They might refuse to communicate directly with the other parent, and instead they might only pass information along through the child. So the child has no idea that they are part of this triangulation process at all. Uh, the abusive parent might vent and express their emotions uh, about the other parent to the child in order to influence the child's feelings about the other parent. And, you know, it's the beginnings of parental alienation. And also the abusive parent uh, might ask about the other parent's life, you know, to get as much information as possible from that child to use against the other parent. We hear that all the time on our Survivor Story episodes. And another thing that happens in these abusive households is triangulation that happens between the kids, that they put these kids into these terrible triangulating situations. They're pitting these kids against each other. And the abusive parent does this so they feel like that they have control within their family. And then they encourage a child to seek out their approval. So they try to seek out the abuser's approval a lot when they do these triangulations. And this can show up like a abusive parent designating one child as being, you know, the favorite, the golden child, while designating the other child as the problem child or the scapegoat. And when they do this, you know, you're pitting the child, the children against each other, but they're also changing their behavior to gain their parents' approval. So what they're doing here is that they're the abusive parent is alternating. Uh, what child receives the focus of affection and approval in order to make the, the kids in this family feel like that they're in competition for their parents' love. And that's just a really terrible, evil uh, triangulation tactic. It, it threatens the child's security. It gives them this like really big burden to bear. It creates a sense of powerlessness inside a child. It encourages manipulation 
in passive aggressiveness. Uh, a lot of times they become like very people pleasing. They become fixers. They just are not their authentic self. It destroys the authentic part of them. You know, it erodes their sense of self in so many uh, ways. And this is just another thing that an abusive person does, but specifically uh, within the family unit when they have children. So this has been our episode with triangulation. I hope you found it interesting. I hope how we divided everything with the abuser types was helpful in some sort of way. Hopefully we didn't confuse anyone. I just kind of wanted to categorize them or kind of see how each one might use the different types of triangulation and why they might use it and how it's helpful to them. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode. And if you want to be a guest on our Survivor Story episodes, please do go to our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com. Top of the page, there's a button that says Guest Form. When you click on that button, it takes you to our Guest Form page. There you can read all of our instructions and either send us an email at NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com or fill out our Guest Form and press the Submit button. And please do send it in the format that we ask for. And if you need support, please do go to our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com. We have our very own support group there. Top of the page, press the support group button. It takes you to our very own safe social network there. We have Zoom meetings every Wednesday night, Thursday afternoons, and Saturday nights. Also inside our group, we have forum boards on there for you to post on and get the validation that you need and to also give validation for survivors just like you. It's a great group of people that are in our support group, so join our group today. And if you need even more support, please do visit our friends at domesticshelters.org. There, they have articles and resources to help you make sense of what you are dealing with. They have every phone number, email address, and website address for every shelter and agency, no matter how big or small your town is. Domesticshelters.org has it there. And that is it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you have a good night.